I have climbed highest mountains. I have run through the fields only to be with you. Only to be with you. I have run. I have crawled. I have scaled the city walls. The city walls. Only to be with you. But I still haven't found what I'm. But I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I have kissed honey lips, felt the healing in her fingertips. It was warm like a fire. This burning desire. I have spoken the tongue of angels. I have held the hand of the devil. It was warm in the night. I was cold like a stone, but I still. Still haven't found what I'm looking I still haven't 
I know what you're thinking. Isn't this kind of an interesting way to kick off an Easter Sunday celebration sermon? I mean, in a cemetery, in a funeral home? I mean, what are we thinking here? But as I was thinking about this Easter, it made me pause to say, hey, before we rush to start talking about life and celebrating life, I think it's important for us to just pause for a moment and slow down and focus on the inevitable death that none of us can escape. Because I think if we're honest, most of us have experienced and have been reminded more of death more than maybe ever in our lifetime. My friend Devin is a director here at this funeral home, and he was telling me that in the first three months of this year alone, they've done more funerals this year than they did all of last year. I mean, the statistics are just staggering because it's not just their funeral home, it's all the funeral homes. And the traffic that has been coming into places like this is just insane. And, you know, the last time I checked, not all of us are just like chomping at the bit to come and rush to hang out at a place like this. I mean, just, you know, this isn't the most exciting place to be. I mean, the feeling and the environment that it just can bring us, just even the heaviness in our chest, even the smell of the flowers just triggers thoughts. And, you know, nothing against funeral homes. We're, we're so thankful for all the funeral homes and the funeral directors that help us through the process of grieving and mourning the loss of a loved one. But, I mean, come on, when we're in places like this, I mean, we can't help to have literally, have death literally hitting us right in the face. And then if we allow it, 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 can, it can help us to snap out of the, of the numbness and the coasting that can just happen in all of our lives. It can make us step back and ask ourselves the question of what is the meaning, what is the purpose of life? It reminds us that, that life is quick, that life is fast, that literally like James 4, it's like a vapor, it's like a flash in the pan, here today, gone tomorrow, and then you just vanish. Which then brings up questions of, well, vanishing where? Like, do I just cease to exist? Do do I get reincarnated to something else of nature, in nature? Or is there an afterlife? Is, Is there a hell? Is there a heaven or something in between? Or, 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 you know, like, where, if there is, like, where do I go? Or is there a way that I can just, because I was good enough, kind of slip through the pearly gates? These are all great, sobering questions that all of us need to contemplate, that all of us need to take time and explore. Because come on, if all of us, if we still haven't found what we're looking for when it comes to our destiny, when it comes to our eternity, that should make us all feel a little unsettled. That should make us all feel a little uneasy. I would say probably about 97% of families that I see believe their loved ones in heaven. But out of those 97% of families that I see, I have to call and bring in clergy for about 60% of them because there's no connection to a church. When you're in this field and you see people grieving all the time, you tend to hear the same things. Hey, they were a great dad. They're a great mom, uh, avid Tigers fan. They hang their hat on those. They hang their hat on their trophies that, he had, hey, he had a great golf game. Uh, he was a member of the conservation club. You'll hear all the time that, you know, my dad was a good person. 
and he helped out everybody. He um, was a hard worker. He gave everything for his family. And those are all great attributes to have. There's nothing wrong with having that. But at the end of the day, that isn't your answer. You can be a good dad, but when you're gone, where are you going? And that's the real question that needs to be answered. You can be a hard worker and still be a person that doesn't have peace. You can be a great dad and still be a person that doesn't have joy. It's almost like when you meet with a family like that, like they're wishing their loved one into heaven because it's like, here's, here's the evidence here of why my dad is worthy and good. But if he never accepted the Lord, I mean, that evidence just gets burned up. It doesn't matter. So many people believe this lie, you know, that my loved one is in heaven, my loved one's in heaven, and, and that's the only option. That's what happens when you die, and so I don't have to take care of it now. And it's just not true. Oftentimes, families think that they have another day or another season of life, and before you know it, their loved one's had a massive heart attack, and then the one phone call they don't want to make or weren't planning on making that day, they're calling the funeral home and talking to somebody like me. They'll sit there and think, I'll take care of this next Easter. I'll take care of where I'm going next Christmas. I have more time. I have another day. We are not guaranteed more time or another day. We are not guaranteed next Easter. But yet, we still go into delay. Don't go into delay. Don't delay, don't delay. Now I know for some of you watching, that's maybe hitting a little too close to comfort because you were there this past year or you were there this past month or maybe even for some this past week. And this Easter is a little more difficult because this is the first Easter that you're celebrating without someone that you love. And we're not trying to be insensitive with that emotion, but we think it's important to bring up that emotion to really bring up the emotion of the afterlife to get answers to those questions, to not procrastinate with that, to not to delay when it comes to getting those answers. Because to get to the point to say, like, if you still haven't found what you're looking for when it comes to your eternity, to admit it, to pause for a moment and recognize it, that that's a real problem and it's worth getting some answers to it. And so Maybe that's you. And if that's you watching, I'm so glad that you're, that you're tuning in this Easter. I'm so glad that you're tuning into this Resurrection Easter Sunday because we're going to look at an event that is the event that changed everything. We're going to look at an event, a story that has the power to change your story, that has the power to change your life, to give you confidence, to give you security. And what we're going to see through this Easter story is the lack of delaying, the lack of procrastinating in many different areas. We'll see that theme kind of just running through the whole Easter story. And my hope is that you would allow that story to invade and affect your story and that all of us would kind of step back and say, okay, where might I be procrastinating? Where might I be delaying when it comes to specific areas of my life? But before we do, I just want to pray for us um, wherever we're watching. So Father, 
I just ask that you would help us to just clear off all distractions, that we just tone out everything except for what you want to speak to us today. Father, please get me out of the way and may your word just be alive and so living to everyone who's listening and watching today. Father, please control my mind and my speech. My pace is always, you know I need your help. I pray this in the power of your son's name, Jesus. Amen. So, hey, I want to encourage you to open up the scriptures, either on your phone or with your Bible, to the book of Mark. We're going to be in the book of Mark, chapter 16. It's the second book in the New Testament, so it's pretty easy to find. you got Matthew, Mark right there. Mark was written by a man, you guessed it, Mark is his name. Uh, he was a real dude that actually lived in 65 to 67 AD is when he wrote this. Um, he was mentored by one of Jesus' disciples named Peter. And then he scribed all of the events from Peter so that now we have the book of Mark. Now, as we drop in on this event, we have to remember, we have to notice as we're peering in 2,000 years ago, uh, we are peering in on a very shocking moment. Uh, it was a moment where many were grieving because death had just fallen on a son. Death had just fallen on a sibling, on a friend, on a mentor, on Jesus Christ. People were moaning and grieving this loss. Jesus had just spent six horrific hours being executed, crucified on a cross. There was no funeral taking place. There were no services being planned. And so what we're going to look at today in this account of Mark, we're just going to look at the first eight verses because of time's sake. But one of the things you might notice when you look at your Bible is that the remaining 11 verses, there's this little note that says that the 11 verses that remain are not in the original oldest manuscripts. And I just want to pause because this shows off something so valuable and so awesome is that when it comes to the Christian faith, when it comes to being a Jesus follower out of all the different religions and false gods that are out there, Christianity throws all of the cards on the table, meaning there's nothing to hide. Letting everyone know, like, hey, just so you know, the 11 last 11 verses here in this book, we don't have the original oldest manuscripts. But just because we don't have those older manuscripts, we still have many manuscripts for those 11 verses. But even if you were to take out those 11 verses, we've got so much evidence, we've got so much history about the resurrection that it's real and that it actually happened. We just want to make sure everyone knows every stinking detail that's out there. And so if you're skeptic, I just want to encourage you, dig into the evidence of the resurrection. There's so much. And if you are delaying that, you're delaying your eternity. You're delaying your afterlife. And so I just want to encourage you, it's worth the investigation. And when you investigate it, you will find truth. You will find answers. You will find hope. And you will find security in it. And so let's dive into this. Matthew, or sorry, Mark chapter 16. Here we go. It goes off like this. It says, when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, not just the S-U-N, but the S-O-N had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? Even though, this is insane, even though they had no idea who was going to roll away the two ton stone, they still got out of bed, 
rose up early in the morning, even though they knew they had this heavy, stinking obstacle in front of them, they still showed up. The two Marys in Salome were grieving. They were mourning. They were in disappointment. They were, they were frustrated. They were wondering, like, their hope, like Jesus was dead. Their hopes were shattered. And yet they still did not delay when it came to showing their generosity with their treasure and their time. They still went and bought the spices, which back in their context, those spices were very expensive. And yet it didn't matter. They still went. The fact that they were going to anoint the body also shows us that they weren't expecting a resurrection. They had every excuse not to waste their time, not to waste their treasure, not to waste their energy. Why would they go out of their way to be generous? He had already been placed in the tomb, yet they did not delay in showing their spirit of generosity, reminding us of this important fact that we shouldn't delay when it comes to our generosity, that we should not delay when it comes to our generosity, to not be closed-handed, but to be open-handed. When we see a need, what do we do? Do we just dismiss it? Do we just kind of, or or are we willing to, to lean in and do whatever we can? Or do we talk ourselves out of it? We put up heavy obstacles and say, ah, we delay. Someone else will step up. Someone else will do it. Which, just a little side note. When I think about our church community, our church family, and how many ways I watch and see people time and time again in big ways, medium ways, small ways, meet people's specific needs in our local church family. I'm just so proud of our church family. I'm so proud of everyone stepping up. And when they see a need, they meet that need, willing to serve here in our local community, but not only locally, even today. People stepping up, as you've already heard, giving our offering, 100% of our offering today, going towards helping people on the other side of the world in Ukraine as they go through all that they're going through during this devastating, horrific time in their lives. And so I'm just so thankful for our church being an open-handed, generous church. And so what does that look like for you? Are you procrastinating in any way when it comes to your generosity? Are you delaying in any way when it comes to being generous with your time and your treasure? Don't procrastinate. Don't delay. Then the scripture continues. It says in verse 4, And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side. This was an angel. And in the other accounts, we see that there were two angels dressed in white robe. And they were alarmed. And he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. They had some serious fear going on right now, some astonishment. They were distressed, but they were not, it was not just from hearing what the angels said. It was what they actually saw when they peered into the empty tomb. And notice that the tomb was rolled away, and it wasn't rolled away not to let Jesus out. It was just so that they could look in and see for themselves. Jesus and his new resurrected body could go through whatever he wanted to go through. It was removed so that people could see which this greatest miracle that has taken place, you would think that the, that the ladies at the tomb and all of Jesus' followers wouldn't have been surprised by this because Jesus, before he died, predicted his death and his resurrection on multiple occasions, three times to be exact, in the book of Mark. Here's one of them, just for example. It says, And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed. And after how many days? Three days, rise again. And what happened? 
right on the money, right on the dot, no procrastination, no delay. Three days after Jesus died, he rose from the dead, proving that he truly was God. Maybe because they were in shock, maybe it was because they were in grief, or they just became numb, and they just flat out disregarded it. But Jesus shows here his integrity, that he does not delay, and that he always says what he will do. Reminding us in the same way that we should not delay when it comes to our integrity. That we should be people that when we say we're going to do something, we're actually going to do it. Teenagers, have integrity when it comes to honoring your parents. Spouses, have integrity when it means to be committed and devoted to your marriage. Uh, Employers and bosses, have integrity with how you treat one another. Have you been potentially delaying in your integrity? Have you been procrastinating and following through in a specific area in your life that really just continues to trash your own character without maybe even realizing it? Don't delay. Don't procrastinate in showing your integrity and following through. The story continues in verse 7. It says, but go, the angels say, but go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Now I highlighted Peter because it's interesting. It says disciples and Peter. It says the disciples and Peter. I mean, he calls out Peter specifically. One of the things that we have to remind that we have to remember is that all of Jesus' disciples deserted him at the cross except for John. John was the only one who stayed at the cross. And all the other disciples scattered, but then even specifically Peter, before Jesus died, Peter uh, said, I would never abandon you. I would never leave you, Jesus. And Jesus looked at him and said, before the rooster crows three times, you will deny me. And sure enough, it was fulfilled. And literally, he was just literally just abandoning and just, just abandoning Jesus. But what does this show us? Is that even though Peter denied him blatantly three times in a row, that God is longing and stretching out his forgiveness and is not going to delay in his patient forgiveness for us. Reminding us that in the same way, we must extend and stretch out our forgiveness for others and not hold things over their heads. Jesus wasn't holding this over Peter's head. We're not supposed to hold things over people's head. We must let it go and forgive. Reminding us that we should not procrastinate, that we should not delay when it comes to our forgiveness. Let that sit for a second. Is there anyone in your life right now where you might be delaying? Forgiveness, where you're holding it over their head, where you're kind of procrastinating and say, there's just no way on this side of heaven that I would ever forgive them. It's just, we see this evidence over and over and over again that if you want true healing in that situation for your own mental capacity, forgiveness is the most healing thing that you can do. And I see it time and time again in so many different examples within our church. I see it in so many different examples within family situations. I see so many examples of students that get picked on or get bullied and then they still decide to forgive and the freedom that comes from them even though they get bullied and picked on all the time. Forgiveness is the most healing thing that we can do. Are you delaying in your forgiveness towards someone? Are you procrastinating? Let the forgiveness be poured out, let it be stretched out on others and true healing will come for your life. Then in verse eight, it says this, and they went out and fled from the tomb, 
for trembling and astonishment had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Well, we know as we continue to read down in the, in, 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 in the gospel here of Mark and on the other accounts that they, they did go tell people. Uh, they did further this message. And the disciples, when they first heard it, they ignored them and didn't believe. They thought they were literally stinking crazy. Reminding us, though, of another beautiful thing about being a Jesus follower. And if you have any skepticism of this whole movement of Jesus, is that reminding us of how women were the first people to see the empty tomb and how important that is. That, you know, you know I'm not trying to sound like male chauvinistic here. Don't take this from Travis. Take this from ancient traditional history. That 2,000 years ago, the testimony of women was flat out invalid. That if you were to hear information, that a story like this would just be chalked up to, to just be straight up gossip. And so if you were going to make up a story just to appease people's thoughts of, of having an afterlife or just to kind of give them a false hope, you would not start off your cover story, your cover-up story with, yeah, the women saw them. Because again, in the culture, people would just think it was just flat out gossip. Just another evidence of showing the cards of how amazing and real the resurrection truly is. This also reminds us to not procrastinate and to not to delay when it comes to our evangelism. It reminds us, I mean, think about this. The women were not going to be surprised that people would probably not believe them. They, 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 they knew that they probably were going to be looked at as crazy, but yet it didn't stop them. It didn't delay them. And it should remind us that even though we might think people will think that we're crazy, that they're not going to believe us, we still need to have the courage to share our story that Jesus rose from the dead and changed our lives, that we shouldn't worry about what people think or how they're going to, to respond, to have the confidence to have the confidence of the power of the resurrection that has changed our lives and our story, how it too can have the power to change someone else's story as well. Are there any people in your life, if you're honest, that you've been delaying with sharing your story of how Jesus has changed your life? Are there any people that maybe you're just a little intimidated by or a little nervous by, or maybe God will be prompting your heart right now to say, you know what, this is the year. This is the Easter where I need to pick up the phone and call them and let them know the power that has changed my life. So let's recap. Let's kind of put it all together. What, what have we seen? This theme of delay, this theme of not procrastinating. We shouldn't delay when it comes to our generosity. What does that look like for you? Are you being open-handed? Are you, are you willing to lean in with your time and your treasure? Is there any areas of your life when it comes to integrity that you're not following through? Are there any areas in your life where you're not releasing forgiveness that who is it that you might need to pick up the phone right now after this talk is finished and call someone and, and, and give that forgiveness? Or who is it in your life that you know you need to share and let them know about how Jesus has changed your life? Now, why do we do all this? Why do we do all this? We do this. We should not delay because he did not delay. We do all of this stuff. We do all of this over and over and over again. We push ourselves to not delay in these areas because he does not delay. He did not delay and he still doesn't delay for us. I mean, think about it. Like when we think about this list of, of what we've been talking about, I mean, think about the generosity that he literally paid 
all of our sin debt and laid down his life for us. Think of the generosity that he has shown us so that we should be generous towards others. I mean, think of the integrity. I mean, he fouled through all the way, taking no shortcuts on the cross. And at any given point, he could have called down a legion of angels and just blown the whole thing up and he could have just walked off. But no, he stayed in humbled silence and stayed on that cross for you and for me. I mean, think about the forgiveness, the stretching forgiveness while he's on the cross, right? He's forgiving us for all of our past, for all of our shame, the sins that we think that could never be forgiven. He has the power to forgive them. The small stuff, the medium stuff, the big stuff. I mean, literally, the stretching patience forgiveness of God is just unbelievable. He does not delay that upon us. And then the evangelism part, that he allows this message to have a rippling effect all the way here to 2022, preserving that power, preserving that message for us, and not just reserving it for the elite, for the rich, not just for the Jews or the Gentiles, but for all. The scriptures are so clear that all who call upon the name of Jesus and believe in their heart that he is Lord, they will be saved. We don't delay because he didn't delay for us. We don't delay because he didn't delay for us. And that's why it's so important for us to not procrastinate, for us to not delay when it comes to our salvation. We can't delay when it comes to our salvation, which reminds me of a story, a beautiful story, an amazing story of a man named Walter. This guy right here, Walter, who walked into our church 14 months ago, 91 years old, hadn't stepped foot in the church for 80 years since he was an 11-year-old boy. He felt that if he walked into a church, the place would burn up because of his past, because of his sin, because of all the things that he's done in his life. But he wanted to come because at one of our locations, he actually used to work there at the old Burroughs factory. And uh, he wanted to check it out. And so he came. And as he sat through our service, towards the end around this time, God kept chasing him and messing with him in his spirit. And he finally got to the point where he realized, you know what, my works aren't gonna get me into heaven. God's not gonna change the rules with me just because I was a decent guy. I wasn't a perfect guy, but I was decent. Like, so eventually God will just kind of like let me in. No, 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 he realized that's not the case. That only Jesus has the power to save us from our sin and get us into heaven. And so there in our service, he finally just lowered his pride, stopped just pushing God off and received Jesus as his savior. He realized that Jesus said yes for him, so he that day said yes to Jesus. And then he stepped out of the church, felt this peace that he was finally right with God, and then no joke, gets in the car, drives away. Nine minutes later, he has a stroke, and they rush him to the hospital. They call me, the family calls me, I rush to the hospital. He's struggling there in the hospital and I'm there over him and praying over him. Left the room shortly after, Walter passed. Walter died. Nine minutes after he left this church. And this picture, I'll never get out of my brain, you never get out of my mind of so glad you made it, Walter. So glad you made it. And I tell you that story because not to scare you, but seriously, to stay in this emotion with what we started with is that we're not guaranteed another nine minutes. 
Sometimes we just, we think we are, we think we're mortal, but like we're not guaranteed in nine minutes. And if you still haven't found what you're looking for when it comes to your eternity, when it comes to your afterlife, if you still are guessing and are wondering and are curious about it, be reminded today that Jesus is the answer. That when you put your faith in Jesus, you will be saved. And he loved you so much. And that's why Jesus came. That's why he died. That's why he rose again. So are you procrastinating? Are you delaying when it comes to your salvation? If you are, then I just want to encourage you, let this be the day that you would not delay. Let this be the day where you say yes to Jesus. And so wherever you're watching, I just want to invite you to just bow your head, close your eyes, maybe even put your hands out like this just as a symbol of being open to receive. And just between you and God, make it real, real relationship with him. Throw the religion out. This is between you and your creator. Just say, Father, I'm saying yes to you today. I'm done delaying. I'm, I'm, I'm done procrastinating, dealing with death, dealing with my sin issues. I, I'm, I'm done. And so today I say yes to you. And then just say, forgive me. Forgive me of all my past. And then just thank him. Say, thank you for dying for me. And thank you for rising again for me, giving me life. And then lastly, just say, Right now, on this day, I receive you, Jesus, as the king of my life. Right now, I receive you, Jesus, as the king of my life. As we continue to pray, my friend, if you truly meant that, the delay's over. The procrastinating is over. The guessing game is over. You can be for sure and secure that you will no longer perish separation and darkness and hell apart from God, but now you will have everlasting life with your creator and your life truly begins right now. Father, thank you so much for the story of your resurrection that changed everything, that changed my story and so many other stories for so many years. We're just so thankful for that gift. We love you and we pray this in the power of your son's name, Jesus. Well, listen, any of you who are watching that literally has stopped the delay of figuring out what your destiny looks like, what your eternity looks like, because you said yes to Jesus, we want to encourage you, please tell someone. Would you, would you tell a friend? Would you tell a spouse? Would you tell a parent? If you want to tell us, we'd love for you to tell us. You can just text the word there on the screen, and we want to celebrate with you, and we want to answer any questions that you have. Our, our vision here at this church is very simple. It's helping people move towards God. That's helping people, imperfect, flawed, don't have it all together people, striving to move towards God. And we just want to celebrate and help you on that journey.